0: basically Vladimir Putin just said FJB to the world. Uh, He he basically put aside an entire meeting that was going to be taking place uh, in uh, Paris uh, and uh, essentially told NATO countries, France, the UK, and the USA, you know what? You're all too weak. And he essentially, Putin came out strong, like a strong man he is, and invaded just the same he's still going to have his discussions he still wants to have his meetings and of course by sending uh, a few hundred tanks and about ten thousand troops he's essentially kept it pretty clear on what exactly uh it is you know is 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 going on now on sunday defense secretary lloyd austin basically told the world hey guess what uh you know the, uh, the Russians are coming and, and much of the world pretty much ignored it because they're just uh, looking at the situation. Essentially, now the UK has uh, put out sanctions on five Russian banks and uh, three so-called cronies of Vladimir Putin. Now, they say this is uh, the first barrage of sanctions that the uh, United Kingdom and NATO are pushing ahead with uh, after the invasion of two regions in Ukraine, Trovask and uh, Domas, and uh, is in response to the uh, tepid reaction uh, and, and uh, is is essentially uh, now moving, he says, to get rid of uh, you know Putin's cronies uh, in the uh, United Kingdom. And uh, many of these have been there for for decades now uh and and you know practically as long as as Putin has been in power there has been this uh russian uh oligarchy that has essentially treated london as uh their uh, their their vacation homes uh summer vacation takes place in the uk they send many of their kids to study there let's listen to what boris johnson has done as opposed to what's being done in the united states
1: boris johnson lashed out at vladimir putin's aggression and dismissed his justifications as absurd and even mystical as he unveiled the measures in a statement to the house of commons warning that nato and its allies must be ready for the next stages of mr putin's plan he insisted there will be moves to prevent russian businesses trading in dollars and pounds today the uk is sanctioning the following five russian banks russia IS Bank, General Bank, Promsvyazbank, Bank and the Black Sea Bank, the Premier told the House. And we are sanctioning three very high net worth individuals, Genody Timchenko, Boris Rotenberg, and Igor Rotenberg. Mr. Johnson saluted German Chancellor Olaf Scholz for his brave decision to pull the plug on the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline from Russia, and held out the prospect of sending more weapons to Kiev. But anti-Kremlin campaigner Bill Browder immediately voiced disappointment at that pretty type response, pointing out the named oligarchs have been on the U.S. sanctions list for several years.
0: Well, essentially, Europe is facing uh, what what some are calling, uh, particularly uh, the former NATO commander for the United Kingdom, uh, its worst level of warfare since 1945. Actually, I think that that's a stretch. Uh, at at this point, it still isn't at that level. The that level was probably seen in uh, in the Balkans uh, with with the wars in Yugoslavia, which which ironically were also backed by Russia to to some extent. But uh, this is the latest from uh, the Kremlin that we're hearing now.
1: Vladimir Putin has sent a request to the upper house of parliament requesting the authority to use military force outside Russia raising fears he is plotting a wider invasion of ukraine
0: so essentially what has happened is uh putin has has moved uh he has asked uh, for his russian parliament permission to uh use force outside russia paving the way for an attack and uh you know uh this this essentially uh to uh seek permission to use force further a stream in a field uh, he had sent some 10,000 troops into the Russian-held separatist areas. Uh, of course, we know that uh, Putin uh, has asked uh, his uh, Russian uh, Duma, uh, which is essentially their parliament, but it's essentially a rubber stamp uh, in Russia. Uh, Putin has a lot of control over that that parliament. Um, they have never voted anything down from him or very rarely have opposed him on major issues. Now, uh, Germany's Chancellor uh, Olaf uh, Scholz has canceled approval of the Nord Stream Two gas pipeline, and this is a, a very dramatic move uh, by Germany uh, to to say no to uh, you know Russian gas. But you know, Russian legislators uh, have apparently, on this request, already authorized. See how quick that was, uh, Vladimir Putin to use military force outside of the country a move that could pave the way for a wider invasion of Ukraine as he rolled troops into rebel-held areas. The uh, unanimous vote of the Upper House of uh, Parliament in the Duma uh, formalizes the Russian uh, strongman's order to send troops into the Ukraine's breakaway eastern regions and allows him to use military force outside of Russia under Russian law with immediate effect uh you know they they're basically seeing uh Putin you know holding a press conference to uh to defend his decisions uh they are looking at this uh, very closely at, at what is happening there in Russia at this time and uh, a lot of people are are you know very worried about obviously what is happening and uh what is what is going to happen uh much of uh what what is uh happening at this time is being looked at uh, very, very, very uh, closely, uh, the uh, entry into into Russia uh, is is something that is that is playing uh, hour by hour, minute by minute. A lot of things are moving very rapidly. Into uh, into uh, this uh, 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 situation is moving very closely. Let's listen now as President Biden is delivering his message uh on on the entire russian uh, crisis situation here is what the american president has to say
2: yesterday vladimir putin recognized two regions of ukraine as independent states and he bizarrely asserted that these regions are no longer part of ukraine and their sovereign territory to put it simply russia just announced that it is carving out a big chunk of ukraine Last night, Putin authorized Russian forces to deploy into the region — these regions. Today, he asserted that these regions are actually — extend deeper than the two areas he recognized, claiming large areas currently under the jurisdiction of the Ukraine government. He's setting up a rationale to take more territory by force, in my view. And if we listened to his speech last night — and many of you did, I know — he's uh, — he's setting up a rationale to go much further. This is the beginning of a Russian invasion of Ukraine, as he indicated and asked permission to be able to do from his Duma. So, let's begin to — so, I'm going to begin to impose sanctions in response far beyond the steps we and our allies and partners implemented in 2014. And if Russia goes further with this invasion, we stand prepared to go further as with sanctions. Who in the Lord's name does Putin think gives him the right to declare new so-called countries on territory that belonged to his neighbors. This is a flagrant violation of international law and it demands a firm response from the international community. Over the last few months, we've coordinated closely with our NATO allies and partners in Europe and around the world to prepare that response. We've said all along, and I've told Putin to his face some mon- a month- o- more than a month ago that we would act together And the moment Russia moved against Ukraine, Russia has now undeniably moved against Ukraine by declaring these independent states. So, today, I'm announcing the first tranche of sanctions to impose costs on Russia in response to their actions yesterday. These have been closely coordinated with our allies and partners and will continue to escalate sanctions if Russia escalates. We're implementing full-blocking sanctions on two large Russian financial institutions, VEB and their military bank. We're implementing comprehensive sanctions on Russian sovereign debt. That means we've cut off Russia's government from Western financing. It can no longer raise money from the West and cannot trade in its new debt on our markets or European markets either. Starting tomorrow and continuing in the days ahead, will also impose sanctions on Russia's elites and their family members. They share in the corrupt gains of the Kremlin policies and should share in the pain as well. And because of Russia's actions, we've worked with Germany to ensure Nord Stream 2 will not, as I promised, will not move forward. As Russia contemplates its next move, we have our next move prepared as well. Russia will pay an even steeper price if it continues its aggression, including additional sanctions. The United States will continue to provide defensive assistance to Ukraine in the meantime, and will continue to reinforce and reassure our NATO allies. Today, in response to Russia's admission that it will not withdraw its forces from Belarus, I have authorized additional movements of U.S. forces and equipment already stationed in Europe to strengthen our Baltic allies, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Let me be clear, these are totally defensive moves on our part. We have no intention of fighting Russia. We want to send an unmistakable message, though, that the United States, together with our allies, will defend every inch of NATO territory and abide by the commitments we made to NATO. We still believe that Russia is poised to go much further in launching a massive military attack against Ukraine. Hope I'm wrong about that. Hope we're wrong about that. But Russia has only escalated its threat against the rest of Ukrainian territory, including major cities and including the capital city of Kyiv. There are are still well over 150,000 Russian troops surrounding Ukraine. And as I said, Russian forces remain positioned in Belarus to attack Ukraine from the north, including warplanes and offensive missile systems. Russia has moved troops closer to Ukraine's border with Russia. Russia's naval vessels are maneuvering in the Black Sea to Ukraine's south, including amphibious assault ships, missile cruisers, and submarines. Russia's moved supplies of blood and medical equipment into position on their border. You don't need blood unless you plan on starting a war. Over the last few days, we've seen much of the playbook that Secretary Blinken laid out last week in the United Nations Security Council come to pass. A major increase in military provocations and false flag events along the line of contact in the Donbas. Dramatically staged, conveniently on-camera meeting of Putin's Security Council, to grandstand for the Russian public. And now, political provocation of recognizing sovereign Ukrainian territory as so-called independent republics in clear violation, again, of international law. President Putin has sought authorization from the Russian parliament to use military force outside of Russian ter- territory. And this set the stage for further pretext of further provocations by Russia to try to justify further military action. None of us, none of us should be fooled. None of us will be fooled. There is no justification. Further Russian assault in the Ukraine remains a severe threat in the days ahead. And if Russia proceeds, It is Russia and Russia alone that bears the responsibility. As we respond, my administration is using every tool at our disposal to protect American businesses and consumers from rising prices at the pump. As I said last week, defending freedom will have cost for us as well, and here at home. We need to be honest about that. But as we will do — but as we do this, I'm going to take robust action to make sure the pain of our sanctions is targeted at a Russian economy, not ours. We're closely monitoring energy supplies for any disruption. We're executing a plan in coordination with major oil-producing consumers and producers toward a collective investment to secure stability in global energy supplies. This will be uh, — this will blunt gas prices. I want to limit the pain to the American people are feeling at the gas pump. This is critical to me. In the last few days, I've been in constant contact with European leaders, including with Ukrainian President Zelensky. Vice President Harris met in person with the leaders in Germany over the weekend at the Munich conference, including President Zelensky. At every step, we have shown the United States and our allies and partners are working in unison, which he hasn't been counting on, Mr. Putin. We're united in our support of Ukraine. We are united in our opposition to Russian aggression, and we're united in our resolve to defend our NATO alliance, and we're united in our understanding of the urgency and seriousness of the threat Russia is making to global peace and stability. Yesterday, the world heard clearly the full extent of Vladimir Putin's twisted rewrite of history, going back more than a century as he waxed eloquently, noting that, well, I'm not going to go into it, but nothing in Putin's lengthy remarks indicate any interest in pursuing real dialogue on European security in the year 2022. He directly attacked Ukraine's right to exist. He indirectly threatened territorial formerly held by Russia, including nations that today are thriving democracies and members of NATO. He explicitly threatened war unless his extreme demands were met. And there is no question that Russia is the aggressor. So, we're clear-eyed about the challenges we're facing. Nonetheless, there is still time to avert the worst-case scenario that will bring untold suffering to millions of people if they move as suggested. The United States and our allies and partners remain open to diplomacy, if it is serious. When all is said and done, we're going to judge Russia by its actions, not its words. And whatever Russia does next, We're ready to respond with unity, clarity, and conviction. We'll probably have more to say about this as it moves on. I'm hoping diplomacy is still available. Thank you all very much. Are you still open to meeting with Vladimir Putin, sir?
0: We will be back with more reaction to this and, uh, the continuing saga of, uh, what is happening in Ukraine is a lot of people are very concerned about it. Obviously, Ukrainian Americans, there are about 4 million of them throughout the United States. Uh, those of Ukrainian descent, uh, in the United States number, about 7 million people. So, uh, you know, it is, it is a substantial portion of the United States population who are tied to the Ukraine or from the immediate Ukrainian areas, uh, And these have immigrated over, you know, a century to the United States, uh, dating back to uh, the days of Imperial Russia. Uh, Many of them, you know, intermarried with with a lot of other people, a lot of ethnic Russians as well, who are worried about the situation in Russia and how this could escalate into a situation where you have, uh, you know, definitely potential for conflict. Ukraine will fight back, it has said, in, in, in areas that it controls if Russia continues to move against it as Russia indeed is, in, they are indeed broadening the situation and going into other areas of Ukraine beyond where the separatists have already declared. That would be a very uh, delicate situation. 10,000 troops and uh, about 200 tanks and armored vehicles is what is being reported as having crossed the border at this point in time. That number could escalate substantially by 10 times that number or even more. Uh, should other of uh, the uh, Russian Federation or Russian Federation allies move in, such as, uh, for example, Belarus, which is just uh, to the north. So there is a huge potential here for a wider conflict um, that, that could happen at any time. So far, Belarus has, uh, has not taken any steps beyond uh, you know, allowing Russia to use the territory for move, maneuver and movement if necessary. That is what we're looking at at this time. Again, as I said at the starting of this, I I don't mean to be mean about it, but essentially Joe Biden has brought this upon himself from his failure to act in the beginning decisively and basically tell Putin, no, this would not be allowed. And uh, unfortunately, now Europe is paying the price. Uh, The United Kingdom has uh, reportedly sent uh, more military advisors and weapons and equipment to the Ukrainian government be able to deal with the situation so we could see a widely and rapidly escalating situation. Uh, Sanctions have already been taken and steps have already been done by the Germans and the British. Uh, It is definitely one of the most tense situations in recent memory as war uh, potentially is now afoot in uh, Europe and uh, definitely the world is more concerned about the situation. And the insult to Joe Biden, to uh, the French President Macron, and, of course, to uh, the United Kingdom was very clear, because remember, less than a few days ago, Putin had agreed to talks in Paris, and now he does this. It is obviously just a big middle finger to the rest of the world from Vladimir Putin on this situation. And, in fact, uh, you can't get more much more clear than that. We'll be back with more as events warrant. This is Mike of New York keeping an eye on the situation. We will get an update from the United Nations here in New York City very shortly as the uh, Secretary General and the UN Security Council is expected to voice their concerns and speak out in a little bit. I'm Mike of New York. I'm Mike Cohen. This has been an update.
3: Let's bring in Florida GOP Senator Marco Rubio, member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Good morning to you.
4: Good morning, guys. Good
3: morning, Senator. I've been reading your tweets. We all have, and I have a list of them here. Some say the worst is yet to come. He's going to come in from behind, front lines, cut off Ukraine forces from Kiev, and the rest of the country. Energy prices going to skyrocket for everyone. Weaknesses always weakness always invites aggression, and there are a few more that I'll. that I you know people can follow you on twitter but you don't think this is the end right you think he's going to go into no. these regions and then push through the rest the rest of ukraine or what happens after that
4: yeah so i read the english translation of his speech it was long so i took excerpts of it right i'm not going to read that whole thing but um, the the because he went through these long ridiculous history lessons but at the end of the day what he was arguing is that the that the area there are areas that these two groups these pro russian puppet groups Claim that Kiev currently possesses. It's not just the areas that they're controlling. It's areas that the Ukraine controls or Kiev controls. You know, the Ukrainian government, and they claim those. And they're going to move on those. And when they move on those, uh, Putin's going to. If Kiev doesn't give it up, Putin's going to say, "Well, this violates our mutual defense agreement," and they're going to go to war against Kiev in a broader assault. That's his plan. That's what he's setting up. And that's what he's going to do. He's not going to stop with these two little small areas near his border. Um, and, and you don't need 200,000 troops with all that armor and air power and sea power to simply uh, occupy two areas where you've already had a strong separatist presence for a long time.
5: Well, Senator, uh, Joe Biden claimed that if he was in the White House, he would be the one tough on Vladimir Putin. And one of his tweets from two years ago, almost to the day, uh, it, when, he was he, running. when he was running as a candidate, is here's what he said. I want to get your reaction. He said Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be president. He doesn't want me to be our nominee. If you're wondering why, it's because I'm the only person in the field who's ever gone toe-to-toe with him. Does Vladimir Putin think Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, who was who dispatched there, are going toe-to-toe with him, or does, does he see an open field?
4: No, he sees conventional politicians. He understands the conventional American politics. He's been an observer of it for a long time. Vladimir Putin basically believes that it doesn't matter who the president is. The American bureaucracy is what controls the government. Now he may have had a different opinion when Donald Trump was in office because he was not a conventional politician. But I think he knows how to deal with someone like Joe Biden because he's been dealing with presidents like that that operate within the confines of, of orthodoxy for a long time, and he knows exactly how they're going to react. You know, people forget our presidents come and go. Putin's been there now pretty consistently for almost for over twenty years. So um, no, I don't think he's uh, thinking about or worrying about Joe Biden and the next moves he makes.
6: Well, I tell you what. Uh, there's a story right now uh, Senator in The Washington Post that says the White House is uh, wrestling over whether Russia has invaded Ukraine yet uh, it, because it's not it's not a full invasion. it's it's just to those a minor regions. Well, well right. because he's not gone all in yet. And so they're waiting for more sanctions today. and it's short of the big sanctions. but ultimately, it was Germany about 90 minutes ago that pulled the plug on the Nord Stream 2. That's what we should have done before. But that's
4: my point right there. He Putin knows how to deal with these conventional political types. He's been doing it for a long time. He knew that's exactly how they would react. Because if you read what the White House was telling reporters last night, what they were saying is, oh, well, Russians are only moving into areas that they've already been in. In essence, they're just doing openly what they've been doing secretly for two and a half years. So that's not as big a deal. I mean... They, this is silly, but he knows it, and he's playing them. And by the time he does move on the rest of it, it'll be too late. And let me tell you something else: he knows. He knows that this, if he does his big move, as I believe he will, this is going to increase oil prices maybe $110, 115 dollars a barrel for some period of time. What? And, and what? Well, and and the reason why it's going to be massive disruption to the global economy. Eventually, OPEC will react, I imagine, and try to make up for it, but not immediately. And again, part of his calculus, no doubt about it, is that the U.S. has pulled back from oil and natural gas exploration it's mm-hmm. made it harder under the biden administration we went from being a net exporter for the first time ever i believe in, in 2018 to once again kind of falling back in our production because of you know we want to be more will uh, renewables you know mm-hmm. wind and solar and the like that's one of the things he's calculated biden energy policy is one of the things that's encouraged putin that now is the time to do it because it increases oil prices which helps him but he also knows how vulnerable that makes europe and other countries AND HE BELIEVES THEY WON'T BE ABLE TO SUSTAIN THESE SANCTIONS AGAINST RUSSIA FOR LONG BECAUSE OF THAT.
3: AND AMERICANS MIGHT WONDER, WELL, WHY SHOULD WE CARE? IT'S HAPPENING SO FAR AWAY. WE'RE NOT GOING TO SEND OUR TROOPS IN. BUT WHEN YOU LOOK AT GAS PRICES, THEY'RE ALREADY GOING UP. THEY'RE AT THE HIGHEST DOWN IN FLORIDA THAT THEY'VE BEEN SINCE THE BEGINNING OF 2022. Uh, AVERAGE, $3.51. PALM BEACH, IT'S $3.63. THIS IS GOING TO AFFECT Americans.
4: ABSOLUTELY. AND I THINK THAT'S it. But BY THE WAY, WHEN GAS PRICES GO UP AND FUEL PRICES GO UP, IT, it INCREASES, uh, YOU KNOW, it, IT ADDS TO PRICES ALL ACROSS THE BOARD BECAUSE EVERYTHING WE BUY, EVERYTHING WE SELL HAS TO BE TRANSPORTED BY SOMETHING THAT'S BURNING GAS OR DIESEL. THE SECOND THING IS, AND THERE'S OTHER THINGS PEOPLE HAVEN'T THOUGHT ABOUT, YOU KNOW, UKRAINE IS ONE OF THE WORLD'S LARGEST PRODUCERS OF NEON GAS, WHICH IS CRITICAL. Uh, To the semiconductor industry. 90% of the neon gas used by our semiconductor manufacturers in the United States depends on neon gas from Ukraine. If that's disrupted, it's going to really hurt that industry here in the United States. They're also a huge uh, producer of agriculture, I think number four in wheat, number five in corn in the world. That's going to raise global food prices, which ultimately will impact Mm -hmm. us as well. Um, Anytime countries are cut off from a current source, they become your competitors in the global market for those goods, which increases prices on everybody. So we already have out-of-control prices. This is going to add to that in the short to midterm.
5: Mm -hmm. Senator, you used a phrase, uh, before we get to some domestic news as well, uh, the confines of orthodoxy. Vladimir Putin understands the confines of the orthodoxy through which Joe Biden looks at the world. What would be the unorthodox thing the United States of America should do right now if we wanted to prevent war breaking out?
4: Well, I think now we're stuck with sort of less options. But certainly early on, some of those options would have been. I mean, if if somebody else had been there earlier, they would have said, okay, what is Russia's leverage over Europe? It's energy. Okay, let's ramp up energy production right now. What's their leverage over Ukraine? Well, it's their ability to move quickly and take property. Okay, let's let's speed up the amount of defensive weaponry we provide them. Let's help them start setting up in a more rapid scale. And I mean, months ago, this this may have snuck up on the news, right? But intelligence has been warning about this for over nine months. So, we should have been preparing for this and preparing for their insurgency uh, months ago. I think now one of the things we need to do is basically have a plan in place to recognize the legitimate Ukrainian government, government, whether they're in Kiev, Lviv, or across the border in Poland, wherever they are in the world. We need a legitimate Ukrainian government that we can provide assistance and help to so that they can, you know, one thing is to invade, another thing is to occupy and hold. And we need to make this as long, as painful, and as costly for Vladimir Putin. As anything possible, another you know a Vietnam for him, another Afghanistan. Final uh, question: other, If we don't do that, he'll do more of this right. in the future.
6: Final question about Ukraine, and that is, uh, we're going to make it painful on him through sanctions. You know, it, it's just a matter of time till the hackers, the Russian hackers, hit us. I know you have intel uh, with your job. At what parts of the American society should we be worried about the Russian hackers? Because we know what they did to the Colonial Pipeline.
4: Yeah, look, I think, unfortunately, in the world of cyber, it's not just that they have accesses. It's very difficult to defend against us. We can do anything to them that they can do to us. I yeah. just think they're willing to do things that we're not willing to do. But I would add one more thing. Cyber is a very imprecise weapon. You may think you're knocking out a pipeline, but it may turn out to be something that's much broader and much more catastrophic. And that's one of the things to keep an eye on. We've, no one's ever conducted a broad cyber war. We've had cyber skirmishes, cyber attacks, but never cyber warfare. There is no doctrine. There is no rules for how you engage in this. And frankly, no one knows what's going to happen when you start down that road. It could escalate pretty quickly. And that's something to really be concerned about. I've been concerned about it. I've been raising the specter of it because I do think that cyber could rapidly escalate into something far more dangerous, uh, including, unfortunately, kinetic military uh, confrontation if you run out of cyber options. So Mm -hmm. that's something we should seek to avoid, meaning going down that road of escalation.
3: We also want to get your reaction on what the CDC uh, is, is doing. They reportedly published some information about uh, data on COVID and hospitalizations and vaccines and the numbers. And they based it down to age and race and vaccine status. Well, they withheld some information, apparently. Most of it. Yes, they only reported a fraction of it. They didn't report that 18 to 49 year olds, the group least likely to benefit from these extra booster shots. Why do you think they left that out? They're saying because it's not ready for prime time. What's the real reason?
4: I think because it goes against their public narrative. I think because it goes against their public guidance for the same reason that Dr. Fauci told people not to wear masks. Uh, before then he said everybody had to wear a mask and then you had to wear two masks and then two masks and a face shield and a space suit because I think they think they can tell us whatever they want. The damage they have done to public health authorities in this country is extraordinary. You know, in the future, we're going to have another pandemic potentially, far worse than COVID potentially, and no one's going to believe these guys because they've, they've treated us like little children, lied to us, manipulated us, told us what we wanted to hear in some cases and not what we wanted to hear in others. And, and it's just done tremendous damage to people's confidence and
5: public health officials. That's exactly right. Senator, speaking of uh, treating people like children, in, in many cases, kids are still in masks while adults are not. Uh, in some yeah. schools, kids, it, it, it's, it's incredible. And we've seen hypocrisy at the highest levels of political leaders imposing mask mandates on their citizens while they uh, flout those rules themselves. Well, there's a very particular instance in Virginia at a school board meeting where a mother went to the meeting and pointed out the fact that the school board chairwoman who is in charge of the the masking isn't wearing a mask herself. Here's a portion of what this Virginia mom, Alicia Vaught, said when tearing into school board members on their mask hypocrisy. Take a listen.
7: Picture of you right here on Facebook with a crowd of people. That's it. With no mask on. Uh, This is my time and I don't interrupt you. Here's another picture with you with a no mask on. I'm sorry, Ms. Vaught, you are done. Can we have a police officer, please? She should be able I'm to say her
3: piece. I've had to listen to people come and criticize me. That That's, doesn't make I, it right, Jamie. You're right, but
7: I had to say... Those are my... That's my family? That is... All. Then fine. What do you think about our family? I am not. Our family is being suffocated today. To I'm done. I'm done. my seat. We're coming for them. All Love of them. them. Except Jamie <laughs> and
5: Jamie. Senator, we had that mom on the program as well. We're going to play a clip of the interview we did earlier. Listen.
7: We had to sit there and listen to them tell us that we must follow Governor Northam's orders, and we did. Then, when Governor Yunkin comes into office and and expects the same, they didn't want to follow his orders, and that's just not right. And what are we teaching our kids if we're not going to teach them to be consistent across the board? We, the parents, are just fed up with the hypocrisy. Our kids have had to suffer for two years. These masks have caused isolation, depression. It hurts their ears. Their face have been, have been broken out. It's just been such a, a harm to our kids. And then we see these uh, school board members get on and just flaunt openly with no mask on. And it just seems a little bit hypocritical. So I thought that the board needed to know that.
5: Senator, your reaction? Well, this
4: is not atypical. I mean, there's still places in this country where kids are eating outdoors in the cold and they can't talk during lunch. Um, AND I THINK PROBABLY IN MANY CASES, THESE PEOPLE WANT TO KEEP THESE POLICIES IN PLACE BECAUSE IT MAKES THEIR LIFE EASIER, THEY THINK, and BECAUSE THEY JUST, they, IT'S BECOME A DISEASE. This, THIS WHOLE MASK, MANDATES, ALL THIS OTHER STUFF HAS BECOME ITS OWN DISEASE. It, PEOPLE HAVE BECOME DERANGED ABOUT IT AND THEY DON'T KNOW HOW TO LIVE WITHOUT IT. AND I ALSO THINK THERE ARE SOME PEOPLE THAT JUST ENJOY THE POWER, RIGHT? THE POWER TO BE ABLE TO mm-hmm. FORCE PEOPLE TO DO CERTAIN THINGS. IT, it IS a, a, I DON'T FULLY UNDERSTAND THIS DISEASE, BUT IT'S A, it's a PSYCHOTIC ONE. And, uh, and unfortunately, some of the people who have caught it are in positions of authority, and that I, I couldn't see the video, but I'm sure it showed this police officer was standing right next to that lady, She's standing right yeah. next to that mother, uh, as if he was about to apprehend her. You know, I wish one of these officers would one day say, "Look, I, I, I'm here to keep the peace. I'm not here to arrest you know law-abiding people that are just here to uh, you know protest against school boards." I, I don't know if that individual or that officer worked for a city or worked for the school board directly. BUT I THINK THIS IS OUTRAGEOUS THAT WE'RE NOW LIVING IN A COUNTRY WHERE PARENTS WHO COMPLAIN ABOUT THEIR KIDS' SCHOOLS ARE BEING TREATED LIKE TERRORISTS AND CRIMINALS. MEANWHILE, CRIMINALS ARE WALKING INTO STORES, BREAKING GLASS, GRABBING WHATEVER THEY WANT, WALKING OUT, AND THEY'RE NOT ONLY NOT ARRESTED, WE'RE BAILING OUT PEOPLE THAT ARE TRYING TO KILL PEOPLE IN THIS COUNTRY. GUY DOWN IN KENTUCKY WALKS INTO HIS OPPONENT'S OFFICE, SHOOTS HIM, yeah. AND HE'S OUT ON BAIL A DAY LATER, $100,000 BAIL, A DAY LATER WALKING THE STREETS. SO THAT'S HOW CRAZY it's become.
6: Well, they're not having those problems with the schools there in Florida where... no, nope. uh, Obviously, Marco Rubio is just showing off the beautiful weather in Florida while we're here where it's freezing. Yeah.
4: Well, it's tough. You know, it's 70 degrees. But, I mean, look, we've gotten used to these harsh conditions and, uh, <laughs> you know... Well, if
3: only
6: was, we could find houses there, affordable, affordable houses know. now.
4: No, that's true. I know. That's absolutely right. Florida Sen- problem. Senator,
6: yeah. thank you very much for joining us on this Tuesday. Thank, thank you, sir. You. Hey, thank, thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. I'm Brian Kilmeade. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to click to subscribe to the Fox News YouTube page. This is the only way that I know for sure that you're not going to miss any great commentary, any great news bites, any great interviews coming your way on Fox. You can get it all here on YouTube. So subscribe right now.